Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome back to the Strictly Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Larkin. Uh, if you were here for episode one, welcome back. Glad you're here. Glad you're listening. I'm here with my buddy, Nelson Stanley. We're going to talk uh, some great sports, great sports weekend. Got a big game tonight. It's the national championship, Alabama versus Georgia, tonight at 8 on ESPN. We're going to talk about that, go over the uh, NFL wildcard results from the weekend, and give a little bit of the preview for the divisional round coming up this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Um, Nelson, good to have you. Yeah, good to be on. You know, this is my first podcast. I'm pretty excited to talk some sports. Uh, let's get into it. All right, first topic. We got the national championship tonight, obviously. Alabama versus Georgia. Alabama is still favored by four points over its SEC foe. Uh, it's taking place tonight on ESPN at 8 o'clock at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the lovely Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Uh, that place is wonderful. The Great whole stadium, the yeah. whole Oculus and the top, how it opens and closes. The scoreboard is round. It's amazing. Um, of course, we've got an all-SEC matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not what majority of the people wanted to see, but, um, you know, I think the SEC fans out there, the SEC fans are really going to love it. You know, they're really going to be talking about how the SEC is the best conference. And But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a good game, though. Hopefully, you know, it's a rivalry game. You know, two two teams from the same conference, you know, battling out for a national championship. It should be fun to watch. Who you got? Who you taking? I mean, I'd like to see Georgia win, you know, a Georgia team. But, I mean, I just think Alabama with Nick Saban and the dynasty, I, th- I think they're going to win. I mean – you think they'll cover four point spread? I don't know. I think I think I'll take Alabama by three. All right, I, I'll I'm say gonna twenty four twenty one Bama. All right, uh, I'm gonna take Alabama minus four. I think they'll cover. Um, I, I talked about it a little bit last week. How Alabama before their playoff game against Clemson, they hadn't played another game since their loss to Auburn. That's true. Um, and given that long period of time that they had to prepare, I, I feel that played into their favor. Um, obviously very well. Held Clemson only six points. Um, now, granted, this is only a week and two days after those semifinal matchups. Again, I, I still think Alabama, I, I just think they're too good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I talked about Alabama. Obviously, they, they didn't win their conference. Georgia was the winner at the SEC. Um, but I, I think Alabama is just too good to leave out of the playoff. They're obviously mm-hmm. one of the four. They're obviously one of the best four best teams out there. Yeah. Um, and the committee obviously realizes that. And they showed it against Clemson. I th- I thought Clemson was, you know, overrated as a one seed. I um, agree. I agree completely. You know, the, the playoff format is so crazy. I mean, anything can happen in the playoffs. You know, all four of those teams are capable. It's just who plays right on the right day. So, I mean, it can go either way. You saw what the, the Oklahoma-Georgia game was fantastic. I mean, that game could have gone either way. And, and we'd have if we had an Oklahoma Alabama championship. I mean that would be a, another story too. But you know Georgia came out on top, and you know we got an SEC championship, and it should be good. Like I said, either of these teams could be national champions. I mean they've they've shown it in the regular season, and yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a good one tonight. All right, let let, let me get your opinion on this. So obviously we have a we have a four team playoff right now. Yeah. Um, I came across an article during the week, uh, I believe it was from the commissioner or the chairman of the playoff, and says that right now, I, mo- most people don't know this, I didn't even know this, um, the four-team playoff has a contract through, I think, 2022 or 2025. Wow. 
Wow. I did not know that. So I, I feel like some of the debate has just kind of blindsided to that because they're like, we want an 18 playoff now. We, yeah, you know, we want more than four teams, but it, it's just not going to happen until that contract expires. When that contract expires, um, what, what do you think the playoff, what, what sort of direction do you think they should go in? You I think, think they should stay should four teams? It should yeah. be eight teams. I mean, you saw with, you know, Auburn has beaten both of these teams in the national championship. Who then and, lost to UCF. Yeah, a UCF team came in there, which doesn't get any respect. I mean, they're undefeated, and they can't play for a national title. I just think that's silly. I mean, at least give them the respect they deserve. But like I said, like the four teams that made it, I would feel comfortable with them beating UCF. But I just I just think with eight teams, you know, you have the Power, power Five conferences, and, you know, I say the champion of those conferences should get an automatic bid. And, you know, that'll make, you know, the conference championships more interesting and, you know, meaningful. And um, so that'd be five teams in. And then just the next three best teams that have the best resume get in. And that's eight teams. And like I said, the teams from five to eight this year, Ohio State, I feel like they could have competed for a national championship. Alabama obviously definitely should yeah. would be considered in that eight. Mm-hmm. Um, of those three that aren't the Power Five conference winners, um, do you think they should require a group of five teams such as UCF be considered, or do you think um, that do you think that a group of five teams should automatically put in be put in? Not automatically because you know sometimes uh, you don't have quite the resume to be a top eight team, but I definitely think UCF could have been a top eight team this year. I would agree, and, and I, I think I'm not sure if it was last year or two years ago, but Western Michigan, um, yeah. they they were the top, um, I guess, group of five team. Mm-hmm. In that situation, would you would you have Western Michigan in that top eight? I don't know, because I, I feel like the American Conference is stronger than the MAC. But, um, I mean, I don't really know their resume. I know, um, you know, USF was really good this year. Yep. And UCF beat them, and uh, UCF was undefeated for a while in the top five. And, you know, but that being said, I think, you know, the non-Power 5 team should sh- schedule a stronger, you know, non-conference schedule. To hopefully build a resume in case they do go undefeated and run the tables, and you know I think that even with the with the uh, four team playoff format, you know if UCF, I know they play Oklahoma early next year. If they can win that game and you know stay undefeated, I think you know if if they dominate the other teams, I don't see why not they why not they can't be a four a four seed. So you know I really I really think the the format could be eight teams, but you know. For now, four is fine, but there's always going to be an argument every year, no matter what. Yep. So, it's just interesting. It's just yeah, fun. I agree. Um, UCF, uh, undefeated, thirteen and zero. Great team. Unfortunately, Scott Frost is now going to Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I, I think he obviously. I th- I think he's going to turn that program around. They they've been kind of down in the dumps in the Big Ten the last couple mm-hmm. of seasons. And you know that's a that's a Power Five team. Yep. So, and I mean, he he almost turned around UCF. He, they were zero and twelve. Two years, yeah. <laughs> so undefeated in two years. That's incredible. I don't, I don't care. I mean, I think I read a stat. There's like fifty-one players on the undefeated team that were on that zero and twelve team. And I mean, that just shows that coaching can change a team. And coaching matters. Yeah, obviously, a good coach goes a long way. Yeah. All right, that is it for the national championship and the playoff. Let's move on. A wonderful NFL wildcard weekend. Um, Saturday had two games, one from the NFC, one from the AFC. 
Um, I think Saturday, overall, I think both games were probably better than yeah. Sunday's games. Uh, the the Titans, wow. what, what a comeback. Uh, they, they beat the Chiefs 22-21. to The Titans scored 19 unanswered in the second half. The Chiefs didn't score a single point in the second half. Um, the Chiefs, I believe they're 0-6 at home in the playoffs going back a long that's, time. That's pathetic. I mean... I had I picked the Chiefs or I thought the Chiefs were gonna win, and they came out early. I think twenty one three. They were up and they might have just gotten complacent or what. But I think uh, Andy Reid is like the only coach to ever blow two seventeen plus point wins in the playoffs. So you know maybe it's the coach, maybe Alex Smith. I don't know. Should the, should the Chiefs move on from Andy Reid? Should they go out and find a new coach? Hmm. I don't know. I mean. There's probably a better coach out there, but you know, right now they're—I mean—they're still a solid team. Um, Alex Smith has had a complete revival of his career. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league now, and you know their defense is pretty good. You know, I think things just went wrong at the wrong time, and you know, I'd, I'd give him another season, but I think he's definitely on the hot seat. Do you get? Do you give? Uh, do you give Alex Smith? another season in Kansas City, or do you move on to Patrick Mahomes out of Texas Tech and see what he has to offer at the NFL level? That's interesting. Um, I didn't. I know he played uh, Week 17. I didn't know how he did. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, um, obviously not a huge <laughs> KC fan. But um, I don't know. You know, he was in a high-powered offense at Texas Tech, and he can really sling it. I mean, he's got a gun. And, you know – but he's got a completely different style that Alex Smith does. Alex Smith is more of a West Coast guy. You throw it short, throw the slant route. You know, doesn't really throw the deep ball, even though they do have deep threats, Tyreek Hill. So, you know, it could be interesting. Like I said, I'd give him one more season. I think he's still a great quarterback, and, you know, he can definitely lead him into the playoffs again and probably another uh, title for division sure. title. An interesting storyline to watch for sure this NFL offseason. Um, one more headline from this morning regarding the Chiefs um, their offensive coordinator was hired by the Chicago Bears um, either it might have been to their head coach because I know they fired John Fox yeah. uh, promptly after week 17 concluded um, so interesting. just another thing to watch there uh, moving on the Falcons uh, defending Super Bowl runner-ups yeah beat probably the I, I would say the most exciting team in the NFL the the Los Angeles Rams Rams I I actually had the upset in this one I, I picked the Falcons I I honestly think it's the Falcons and Steelers are gonna play in the Super Bowl I picked the Falcons you know you know with Wentz if Wentz is healthy that's a different story but I think the Falcons are gonna go in to uh, Philadelphia and I think they're gonna win um, you know I think they're a good team and they got a chip on their shoulder this year and um, you know, future picks we can save that for another episode. But I do think the Falcons. You know, if the Saints beat the Vikings, you know it'll be a divisional matchup for the uh, NFC title, and that'll be interesting. And you know, rivalries like that can go either way. And I know Drew Brees is a hell of a quarterback, but um, I just think the Falcons—they've just got that drive. They started out kind of slow. They've kind of been, you know, under the radar for the whole postseason. They had a strong win, you know, over the Rams. The Rams got a good offense and. You know, they only hold, held him to 13 points. So, you know, Matt Ryan's a really good quarterback, and I just think the Falcons, you know, they're they're going to – Too much experience? Yeah, they're – yeah, the Eagles team, I mean, they've been pathetic without wins. No offense at all. Nick Foles, I just, I just think the Falcons will win by probably 10 points. I just – All right. I just – I mean, 
This the that um that divisional game next weekend will actually be Nick Foles' first playoff game. Uh, granted, it is a home game, but uh, his yeah, first playoff home game, game. Home game will change. You know, he'll be more comfortable, I guess. But I, I agree with you though. The the Eagles have been very you know kind really kind of blah. Since, what was that since... Cowboys score? They, it was like oh, it, it was pitiful. It was bad. low scoring, <laughs> terrible. Um, and, you know, the Falcons are going to score points. That's, yeah, that's... the Falcons will score points. That that that, that is a given. Um. You know, Matt Ryan, he, I think his performance was very soft-spoken. He was 21 of 30. That's fairly efficient in the NFL at 218 yards and a touchdown. That one passing touchdown was to Julio Jones, who um, just continues to torment defensive backfields. He's quite the athlete. Oh, moving on. Sunday's first game, I, I'm going to go ahead and deem it the most boring playoff game that I've ever watched. Yeah, if, I mean, if you like defense... I mean, if you like defense and punting, if you're into that, and kind if of you thing. like Blake Bortles missing <laughs> open receivers, uh, that's fun to watch. You know, Blake Bortles is pathetic. Believe I mean, it or not, th- this is a fun stat. I-, I found it on Twitter. So Blake Bortles now joins the one and only Michael Vick as the two quarterbacks, the only two quarterbacks to rush for more than they threw for in a playoff game. Blake Bortles and Michael Vick. Yeah, you know, when you only throw for 97, it's not not too tough. And, you know, Blake Bortles, I mean, that'd be funny to see him go into Pittsburgh and win a playoff game. I mean, they they beat Pittsburgh. Was it at Pittsburgh earlier in the yeah, year? Yeah, Big Ben threw five picks. Yeah, so, I mean. That defense is nasty. Jalen Ramsey, he, I think he's going to be the next great cornerback. I mean, yeah. Jalen Ramsey is nasty. Yep. He had a pick there at the end, picked off Nathan Peterman he after went, he went down and dunked it. It was hype. Yeah, I like I like Jalen Ramsey a lot. I think he's going to be a stud. Yeah, you know, uh, unfortunately, Tyrod Taylor, uh, Virginia former Virginia Tech quarterback, he got knocked out of that game very late. Uh, the Bills were driving down the field to attempt a comeback. Uh, Nathan Peterman comes in, and I believe on his second or third play from scrimmage, he threw a pick to the Jalen Ramsey. How does he have a job? I don't know. Uh, after that performance <laughs> in the awful. first half. I think I could go into an NFL offense and maybe throw three or four Yeah. <laughs> in the first half. You know, you just keep it on the ground and, you know, throw short passes. I mean, five picks in one half, that's awful. For sure. A, a huge credit to the Bills Mafia, though they inv- oh, yeah. they invaded Jacksonville. Yeah, um, that's a really cool fan base. Yeah, they're wild. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, it it's got to be fun, win or lose. Yeah, I mean, a if, nineteen if, year playoff drought. I mean, they're just happy to be there. Yeah, you know, you you can comp- you can I guess you can compare Bills Mafia with uh, the Cleveland Browns fans having an Owen sixteen celebration parade. <laughs> I, I, I'm I don't even know what kind of that, opinion to that have happened? on that. Yeah, that happened. They had an Owen sixteen parade in Cleveland. Why? That's just <laughs> poor Browns. That franchise is just. I mean, you know, the debate about what they're gonna do with the number one pick. It doesn't matter. It's it's gonna be a bust anyway. It's just the if you go to the Browns, you're gonna suck. It's just, I mean, it's just a black hole for college talent. Yeah. I mean. It's it's, it's unbelievable the the amount of top picks out of college that they've been able to draft that have just not contributed in any way shape or form. You know they they've got they have the number one and I believe the number four five or six pick. They have two picks within the first ten. Uh, they've got mm-hmm. two quarterbacks sitting out there, both from the state of California, Josh Rosen and um, Sam Darnold. You know I I think it's I don't think there's any doubt that they're 
most likely going to draft one of them. Yeah, um, Kaiser had an awful year. I think they do need to go with the quarterback, and um, I like Sam Donald. I think, you know, he's probably more NFL ready and ready to play in the, you know, kind of brutal environment in the winter. You know, it gets cold up in Cleveland, and, you know, I know he's been at USC, but I, f- I feel like he's more um, ready to cope with that than Josh Rosen. I feel like Josh Rosen, Rosen will be, you know, maybe a West Coast. He'll stay out West, you know, maybe Florida, something warm where he can be comfortable. But I do think Sam Darnold is the better quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think an interesting thing, too, I I believe I, I came across a mock draft a couple of weeks back that had, I believe, Sam Darnold going number one and the Browns taking Saquon Barkley from Penn State uh, with, nice. with that second pick. I, I think that would be an exciting yeah. duo. Uh, you know, Barkley is amazing on the ground, and even out of the backfield catching passes, he, he can he can make oh, stuff yeah. happen too. Um, so that remains to be seen. We'll see what the Browns do and see if they can. And you know, they got a couple Josh games. Gordon back, and you know, yeah, he he had a good phenomenal. Yeah, he had a good uh, rest of the season. You know, after suspension, and when he came back, you know, he was he was a X factor. You know, if if the Browns can have an X factor, because um, you know, I think he had a hundred yard game. You know, with Kaiser being a quarterback, that's tough to do. And, you know, I think if they get a competent quarterback, you know, Josh Gordon can be dangerous. Agreed. Agreed. Moving on, uh, last wild card matchup of the weekend. Uh, the Saints defeated the Panthers 31-26 in New Orleans. Um, I just want to go ahead and say, you know, I, I'm a Panthers fan. Um, now, g- going into this game. It's better than being a Redskins fan. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Going into this game, I believe I said it last week. I I, I said I think the Saints are gonna win. Um, it was a good game. It, it was a good game. So going into this, I, I was like, okay, I, I'm I'm not gonna be too upset if we lose. But then there in the fourth quarter, that two minute drive, two minute drill, uh, Panthers had it back, intercepted Breeze, um, and they were driving. And for just a moment there, I caught a glimpse of hope for the Panthers, and then they they just crushed it. Terrible. Um, but Drew Brees, like you said earlier, he's Drew Brees is something else. Twenty three of thirty three, you um, know, three hundred and seventy yards. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but somehow he's still underrated. I, agree. I don't know how his co- his completion percentage, I believe, might be the best in the NFL over his career. He, it's around seventy percent. Wow. I mean, you know, he's got the passing yards. He's all they've always the Saints have always had a good offense, but you know, this year they've got some playmakers on the defense. Yeah, their defense finally stepped up. And, you know, I think that's – I mean, it's the clear difference between, you know, I think they had three previous 8-8 eight and eight seasons. Something like that, yeah. The, the you know, uh, Mediocre, but, you know, they have a good defense this year, and all of a sudden, you know, they've got a home playoff game. And, you know, that's a tough place to play at, too, yeah. in New Orleans. You know, no really doubt. loud place, crazy fan base, like you said, with the, with the Bills. You know, another good fan base is the Saints and – you know, I think you know they can come up to Minnesota, and that's going to be a tough game. I do think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring with you know the Vikings, and it's probably going to be really cold. But I just that stadium is is a dome now, though. Oh, it is. They, yeah, the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, oh, wow. which is also the home of the Super Bowl this year. Um, okay. But uh, I think the one thing that I hadn't realized is in that game, Saints Panthers, Alvin Kamara, the stud stud running back that they'd had all season he was held to only 23 yards on the they ground still, they still got it done drew Brees still found a way you, do you think he will um you think he'll break through against the vikings next weekend or do i you think, think he'll so. be held back a little bit now that you say that it's in a dome i didn't realize that and you know i think the saints are gonna win that you know i i did think you know with the cold i thought that the vikings would have 
an advantage, but, you know, Drew Brees is used to playing in a dome. Yeah. And, you know, Drew Brees, Case Keenum. Case Keenum's first playoff start as well. I just just can't see Case Keenum leading a team over Drew Brees. But, you know, it should be fun. And, you know, Stephon Diggs is a playmaker. Thielen's a playmaker. Has their run game been... I don't think they're running. Uh, they lost Dalvin Cook early in early in the season. Dalvin Cook out of Florida State. So I know they've um, got Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, I I don't think their running game is terrible. They've got good defense though. Yeah, Xavier Rhodes, another yeah. great corner in Should the league. Be close one. I, I think it's going to be Saints Saints Falcons in the in the NFC title. All right, just just want to touch here on a couple of things out of the Panthers. Um, so towards the end of that game, it, it was during that two minute drill. Um, <laughs> there was a controversial intentional grounding call. Um, I didn't see it. Didn't... I was I was getting something to eat, and I left the TV, and you know I heard I heard him talking about it. You know, towards the end of the game, like about the intentional intentional grounding, changing you know that drive. But you know, I'd love to hear it from you because I don't yeah. know what happened. So watching the game initially, um, Cam Newton was heavily pressured straight off the snap, and uh, he rolled out to his right, um, and. As you know, the intentional grounding call in the NFL, you have to be outside of what's called mm-hmm. the tackle box, which yeah. is determined where those outside tackles line mm-hmm. up. And then the pass has to go past the line of scrimmage in the vicinity of a receiver. So, in my opinion, all three of those things happened. He got out of the tackle box, the pass made it past the line of scrimmage, and it was in the vicinity of a receiver. Um, to the head official's uh, disagreement, Cam Newton did not make it out of the tackle box. And following the game, um, Ron Rivera, head coach of the Panthers, said, quote, I thought the quarterback was out of the pocket. I thought there was a receiver, Devin Funches, in the vicinity. I thought the ball passed the line of scrimmage. Uh, it'd be nice to have an explanation. And then also following the game on that same call, um, Greg Olson, tied into the Carolina Panthers, said he didn't see the play. Obviously, he was running a route. But then I, I could visibly see myself I, I could visibly see him going over to talk to the officials and Olsen said quote but I heard the other officials come in and try to convince the head ref that he was out of the pocket and the ball crossed the line of scrimmage that's what they continued to say over and over I then thought he was going to change it but obviously he stuck with what he originally saw um, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what assistant officials how, how you know what yeah. what rules over what um, but I was under the impression that if more than one other official, other than the head referee, had an opinion that differed, that it would change that call. But in this case, the head official stuck with what he had originally seen and went ahead and called intentional grounding. It had resulted in a loss of down and a 10-second runoff, eventually ending the Panthers' drive uh, a couple of plays later and ending the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just a bit of controversy. Um, you know, I, I, I doubt much will come out as, you know, the Panthers are done. Um, new ownership's coming, unfortunately. Um, a lot a lot of things, I think, will happen this offseason. The, uh, their defensive coordinator is supposed to interview for about four jobs around the NFL, so we will see if he comes back to Carolina or not. New ownership is ahead for the Panthers, and uh, I, I'm excited to see what they do in the draft. Um, if it were up to me, I would say draft offensive linemen and defensive backs. It'd be nice for them to get a good receiver too. Yeah, you no, you're exactly right. Uh, trading away Kelvin Benjamin gave way to Devin Funches becoming. Their I, I guess their number which one. I don't think he should be number one. 
And I, I mean, I doubt with what the pick they have, they could get a number yeah. one. But, they are they you know, at least grow somebody. Yeah, they they have the twenty fourth pick in the first round this year, so remains what's, to be uh, seen. What's Cam Newton's contract? Oh, he's there for a couple more years, I believe. I th- I think they need to get rid of Cam. You know, early in the season, um, when he was having really I, inconsistent. I mean, very very inconsistent, and unfortunately, it it, it seems over the last couple of seasons take take away that fifteen and one season. Yeah. Um, but. If you take away that season, it it's basically he was in the, that, that year, right? Yeah, yeah. yep. Lost to this, lost to the Broncos in the Super Bowl, but um, it, it seems the Panthers go as Cam goes, and with so inconsistent play, I'm not sure that he is the guy to um, consistently lead them. Mm-hmm. But and I mean, you know, people argue that you know. He just doesn't have anything around him, but you know he was accurate during the game. Um, he had a good run game to back him up. Um, that's one thing that Drew Brees didn't have the luxury of. Drew Brees, the run game got shut down. Yeah, and Drew Brees is not a runner himself. Yeah, he, 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 he Cam can run the ball. Yeah, and you know Drew Drew Brees still got it done. And I just think Cam, you know, he's got to have everything right working for him to be a good quarterback. Yeah. He can't take over a game like some of these quarterbacks can. No. And it, also, you know, he, he did come off uh, shoulder surgery coming into this season. Yeah. Now, whether that played into his inconsistency or not, I, I'm not so sure. I, I think he was inconsistent before the surgery, maybe a little more inconsistent this season. But hopefully he heals up over the, over the course of the offseason and uh, gets back to normal. Um, moving on, NFL divisional round coming up this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Got some pretty good games, I yeah. think. Um, first Saturday, uh, we've got Falcons at Eagles at 435. Uh, the Falcons are favored in this game by three points. I think they're going to cover that easily. Um, like I said, it'll be 10 points, I think. And, you know, not really much to talk about. You know, Wentz is out. I mean, that pretty much, for, to me, seals the Eagles' fate. You know, they were really dynamic with wins, but, you know, without them, that offense has been pretty poor. I agree. Yep, I, I, I'll go ahead and take the Falcons, minus three. Uh, moving on, Titans at Patriots, 8-15 in Foxborough. Uh, the Patriots are favored by 13-and-a-half. I mean, that's a big spread. I do think the Pats are going to dominate. I, 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 I think I'll give them the spread on that. I think they'll beat take them. Take Pats, 13-and-a-half? Yeah, I think that, that'll ring true. I, I don't think there is... There, there may not be a tougher place to play in the yeah. NFL at night. I mean, than I'd Fox love, Burrow. I'd love to see Mariota go in there and win it, you know. But you know, Tom Brady in Foxborough, Bill Belichick at night, at night. Yeah, just I don't, I don't think it's going to happen for the Titans. Sunday, uh, one o'clock, we got Jaguars at Steelers. Uh, Steelers are favored by seven and a half. Uh, Ah. Antonio Brown is back and healthy. He's 100%. He's already said that he'll be 100%. Okay. I, obviously, that'll be Jalen Ramsey versus Antonio Brown on that side. Um, I, think, I, I don't know. Blake, I Blake think Bortles. the Jags can make it interesting. You know, an eight-point spread. Uh, it's going to be pretty defensive. So Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to play great. He can't throw five I'll picks take, again, obviously. I'll take the Jags gonna cover the spread. I'll say the the Steelers by a touchdown. You know, I'll I'll, I'll say like a, a twenty thirteen Steelers. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be kind of low scoring relatively because you know they both have a good defense and you know added pressure on Big Ben. Uh, five picks against the Jags last time. 
but I think he's going to show out, you know, at Heinz Field. Um, Blake Bortles coming off an awful game. You know, I, I do think the Steelers are going to win this one. I agree. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and – oof, that, that's tough. You know, Blake Bortles, I think he's inconsistent as well. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers minus 7.5. I think they're going to cover. I, I think it'll be a 10-point okay. game. Okay. Um, I don't know, 24-14 maybe. That's, yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. But, I mean – some interesting matchups yeah. this weekend. For like sure. I said, you know, I think the Steelers and the Falcons will play for the, for the title. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say the most interesting game of this weekend. I think uh, Saints Definitely. at Vikings. Vikings are favored by four. I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Saints outright. Yeah. Um, it's a good point by you. It being played in the dome. Drew Brees mm-hmm. is definitely used to that. Because um, I remember when they when they played outside that uh, one game against the Seahawks, when they missed that last second field goal. I mean, the weather was brutal. I think it, in single digits, maybe negative. I think it might have been like three degrees at kickoff or something. And, you know, I feel like if, you know, the Vikings, are they're used to playing up in Minnesota. But now that they play it in the Dome, you know, they don't really have much advantage over Drew Brees. No. I think Drew Brees and the Saints will go in there and come away with the win. I think it would be cool to see the Vikings make it to the Super Bowl just because yeah. it is being played in their home stadium. That That's never been done before. Never. I, I don't. Would be cool. I don't know if the Vi- I don't know if Case Keenum is capable of that, but uh, we shall see this weekend. I'll go. I'll go. Twenty-seven, twenty Saints. Yeah, I like that score. Twenty-seven, twenty. That's high scoring for both teams. I think. I, I think yeah. that's what it'll be. All right. Uh, moving on, we got a little bit of college basketball. Uh, Virginia Tech. My. Uh, where I go to school. Uh, they they fell to UVA last Yay. week. Um, it, it was oh, really wow. bad. It was really bad. Defense, man. UVA's defense, I mean, you know, they held the Hokies, you know. I know, you know, a lot of people are big on the Hokies offense, but, you know. Defense wins championships. Yeah, good defense. That's that's what they say. Um, UVA is now number three in the country as of the latest AP poll coming out today. Um, The Hokies did redeem themselves on uh, Saturday by beating Pitt, who is actually last place in the ACC, but – they did beat Pitt, yes, but they, they had to have a career day from Kerry Blackshear. He, had, he dropped 31 points. He played great, um, but I think it is a little bit concerning that the Hokies did need a career day from Blackshear just to beat Pitt. Um, I think lacking from last season's Virginia Tech basketball team is the leadership of Seth Allen and Zach Liday. Um, they really they only have two seniors this year, just like last year, uh, but this year it's Justin Bibbs who – has been disappointing to say the least. I think he didn't start the first maybe three games, something going on, a little bit of friction between him and Buzz Williams. Um, but as of late, and really as a whole team, Virginia Tech has not shot the three-point uh, as well since their game against Kentucky. That was a very competitive, draining game. Um, but I don't know. They're, they're getting into the hard ACC games too. Um, so... Remains to be seen. I also think I, I think the ACC is just mad. It, yeah, it's you ridiculous. Better, you better watch out and make sure you don't see any of these Tech basketball players on campus if they if they hear this. You know, I know. Calling out Justin I gotta Bibbs be careful. Like <laughs> I gotta be careful. Uh, the, the ACC basketball, I think, one of the best conferences in the country, if not the best. Yeah, it's, I, it's I think the best. anybody can beat anybody on any given night. Uh, yeah. Right right now, the standings: uh, Clemson, Virginia, and Notre Dame are at the top of the ACC at three and um, Boston College, Miami is two and one. Boston College is right there in the middle at two and two. I think Boston College is Boston gonna College surprise is a, a lot of people. Team. They think... already beat Duke and lost to UVA by one. Um, 
they I mean, I think they're gonna be, you know, a team that barely gets into the tournament and a team that could make a run out of like a twelve seed or eleven seed spot. Yeah, I can see it. Uh and then right there in the middle of the pack, all of these teams are one and two. Uh Florida State, Syracuse, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, NC State, and Duke. They're all one and two in the ACC. Wow. Um, as a Virginia Tech fan, one and two is a little disappointing, but I'm sure as a Duke fan, it's kind of <laughs> it's very questionable. Duke, they're um, a young team. That's what happens with the one and done teams. You know, I love to see Duke lose. Um, you know, I think you know the one and done era that we're in now is bad for college college basketball. You know, I liked it better when you know. You know, if you were good enough, go to the NBA, what's stopping you? And, you know, the lesser talented players that, you know, are still, you know, could be in the NBA would go to college for four years and, you know, it would be more competitive. And, you know, like the Bagley kid, you know, you would see a Bagley matchup with like UVA or UNC, like Hansborough versus Duke, like for four years, yeah. you know, that was exciting. But now it's just, you know, college basketball has kind of lost its edge with the one and done era and, you know, I think that might be a credit to how boring the NBA has gotten. And, you know, basketball as a whole, you know, right now. They're, they're just, struggling a little yeah. bit. Um, I, I, Me, myself, I think Duke is overrated. Um, their loss to Boston College, those young guys, like you said, they're, they're quote, one-and-done one, one players. Um, I, I don't think they know how to handle the pressure. I mean, Bagley mm-hmm. couldn't get out of a simple trap against Boston College. I, yeah. I, I don't think Duke – is going to make the type of run that everybody thinks they will, but, um, you know, prove me wrong. Uh, Virginia Tech this week, they've got two away games, uh, taking on Wake Forest Wednesday night at 7 p.m. and Louisville on Saturday at 4. Uh, I don't know that the Hokies can beat Louisville at Louisville. Uh, I think they, they are definitely capable of KFC beating Wake Young Forest. Center. Yeah. KFC Young Center, what a name. <laughs> uh, Louisville, I think they've been surprising this year. You know, the whole... I guess I, I don't even know. They're banned from the playoffs, right? Uh, I believe they are banned from uh, uh, postseason contention, um, but they they've been a solid team this year. Um, so it remains to be seen. The ACC will always be crazy, as yeah. is as will you be. You never know what's going to happen. You know, especially the tournament too. Yeah, tournament's great. Uh, I, that that's, that might yeah. be my favorite time of year. Yeah, that March Madness. There's nothing like it. You know, everybody could be one and done. But just the setup of, you know, how college basketball is in March is just amazing. Nothing like it. All right, moving on to a little footy. We're going to talk a little FA Cup. Um, My, uh, I guess my favorite team. I'm getting into it a little bit more. (laughs) Um, But Arsenal, uh, they fell to Nottingham Forest uh, 4-2 to in the FA Cup third round. Uh, In my opinion, with the knowledge that they won the FA Cup last year, year. this game was no way to defend the cup. No. Um, you know, I, I, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. The defense was terrible. Um, yeah. The, the, know, the guys that started on the offensive end, they just weren't, they just weren't in sync with each other as would Sanchez and Ozil be. But I mean, you gotta think, you know, the, the team that Wenger put out, you know, individually, you know, the players are, are talented, you know, they're in, they're at Arsenal. You've got to be talented to play for Arsenal and, you know, any of their clubs, even if it's the uh, club that'll play for Cups, you know. Um, he usually puts this team out. Um, El Nini, Awobi, Welbeck, they usually play um, non-Premier League games. But the thing with that is they don't get to play together that much because 
you know, majority of the schedule is Premier League action, and, you know, Arsenal's going to play their best side in the Premier League, and, you know, these players don't get to gel with each other, and they don't get much play time and experience together, and, you know, I think I think that hurt them, too, is just not playing with, with each other. Sure. No chemistry. Sure. Uh, also, Arsene Wenger, uh, he was in the stands for this game. It's his first of three games banned due to a Mike Dean uh, terrible penalty Mike call, Dean which... Is a- Bastard. Believe it or not, uh, I got an alert this morning that Mike Dean said that that call that Arsene Wenger was so worked up yeah. about was not a penalty. Of course, he's going to say that it, now, now that he's now not, that Arsenal's out of the FA Cup. Yeah, now that now that the game's over, and you know he can admit he can admit that he always wants to screw over Arsenal. You know, Mike Dean is, I mean, Mike Dean's a bitch. <laughs> Simple mean, as that. So Mike Dean, you know, you, I'm glad I don't work for ESPN because I couldn't say that, but. You know, Mike Dean is, you know, a biased official, and he's had a history of it too. And I mean, it's just I just I just don't see how the Football Association can, you know, put a biased ref yeah out there. I, over I did and over. I did watch that video of him uh, celebrating that yeah that you know, goal. He's a Spurs fan, and you yeah. know Spurs are, you know, Arsenal's uh, biggest rival. So. What wasn't FIFA in trouble for for some sort of bias or fixing games a couple of years ago? I know that I think that was with fixing like the World Cup with Sepp Blatter and like the the money scandal to I think get the World Cup in Qatar or something like that something weird. Yeah. Oh, the FIFA everybody's always called it corrupt and stuff. I don't. I mean, I don't really know what to say about it. I just love soccer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you want to talk a little QPR? Yeah, a little QPR. QPR a little there's, nothing, there's nothing nothing much to talk about the Rangers. I mean, you know. They they put out a strong side against uh, MK Dons, but they lost one uh, nil, and uh, I didn't get to watch the game because it wasn't on TV. But um, from the match report and what I heard about it, and you know, following QPR's tweets, um, you know, they played. They were the better side. Um, it sounded like it was an undeserved loss, but um, you know, a loss nonetheless. And you know, we're out again at the third round. I think we have the most third round exits in the last fifty years, more than like any other team. And I don't know. I think there needs to be something done internally with the club. You know, the players themselves aren't that bad, but um, I mean, it's just it's just bad. You know, they're low table in the championship. There, I mean, they're in a relegation scrap. But you know, hopefully they can turn the season around. Um, I think they play Burton Albion next Saturday, and I think Burton is in the relegation zone. So you know, a must win for QPR. Nothing less than three points, honestly. Uh, I won't be happy with the draw or anything because Burton is a terrible team. I think they have the worst goal differential in the entire championship, so must-win situation. And I'm, I'm glad we're talking about soccer last because, you know, some of our viewers might not like soccer enough so that they can go ahead and turn the podcast off. Yeah, but That's all right. The, one, the, the ones the that viewers, stay. For the viewers that stay that, you know, like soccer and want to learn more about it, I mean, we'll cover every sport. So Sure. Yep, and uh, Arsenal, they will take on Chelsea at 3 o'clock on Wednesday in the first leg of the Carabao Cup. Yeah, Carabao Cup. AFL Cup. The EFL Cup, yeah. I'll go ahead and say that just to avoid any uh, mispronunciation. (laughs) Uh, Take on Chelsea in the first leg of the EFL Cup semifinals. It's at Chelsea. It's at the Stamford Bridge. Yeah, it's at Stamford Bridge. Um, A draw or, you know. A draw would be nice. A draw would be be Even an away goal would be be good for the Gunners. You know, away goals can always be crucial and. Uh, first and second leg situations. Sure. So, you know, hopefully, you know, a two-one loss wouldn't be that bad. So, h- how does that go down in the aggregate? 
Who, it, who would be leading in the aggregate after that? Well, Chelsea would, but, you know, if Arsenal wins 1-0 at the Emirates, then Arsenal would have one away goal and Chelsea would have zero. So even though that they both won, Arsenal would advance because of the away goal. Gotcha. So right. a 2-1 loss wouldn't be the worst thing. A 3-2 loss, like anything, like a 3-2 loss, then Arsenal could win 2-1 and they would still have more away goals. So. Sure. As many goals as they can score, yeah. hopefully a win would be good anyways. But, yeah. you know, it should be interesting. You know, both talented teams. And, you know, that 2-2 um, on the third, that was an exciting game. Very exciting. Um, right down to the last minute. Yeah, you know, that, that game could have gone either way. You know, it tied 2-2, but, you know, that could have been a win for either team. So it should be exciting. Hopefully Wenger puts out a good side. But, yeah, yeah it should I'd, be exciting. I really hope he does. Uh, so – First leg taking place on Wednesday, and then two weeks from then, I believe on January 24th, they'll play the second leg of that matchup for the EFL Cup. That will be back at Emirates. Um, Arsenal will also take on AFC Bournemouth uh, this Sunday, coming back to Premier League action. The Premier League gets going again this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that one is. Is it the Emirates, or is it at um, Bournemouth? Let's double-check that real quick. Either way, you know, Arsenal should get three yeah. points. Bournemouth's down at the bottom of the table. Bournemouth is scrapping for relegation. And honestly, you know, with Manchester City having, you know, an amazing year, you know, the relegation scrap is more interesting than the title race because, you know, the title's pretty much already won. You know, unless something drastic yeah. happens, you know, it would be an epic collapse if Man City doesn't win the title. So, you know, the relegation scrap, I mean, if you can pull up the table, I mean, a lot of teams are down there, you know, scrapping, you know, a lot of teams are tied. Um, hold on here. That uh, that Arsenal game is actually at Bournemouth. Um, okay. Shouldn't change much. No, I um, don't think. Maybe a, maybe instead of a two-goal win, it, it'll be a one-goal win. Yeah, any, any, three points will do. At this point, you know, you're just trying to win every game. Yep. Here's a table for you. Yeah, I mean, you have, you know, the 18th place, which is Stoke City, are at 20 points. And, I mean, you go all the way up to 10th place mid-table, and Watford has 25. And that's a five-point difference between 10 and 18, which, I mean, you know, that's incredible. It can go either way. Uh, West Ham, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Southampton – you know, Southampton's at 20. You know, they're above Stoke on goal differential. Um, you know, Bournemouth's right there at 16th, 21 points. You know, I'm sure they'd love to get a point against Arsenal. But, you know, the relegation scrap is going to be really interesting and fun to watch this year. And Stoke City, uh, they just booted their manager the other day after their loss in the that's, FA Cup. You know, that's smart to do. He, he, I mean, he's had Stoke in the Premier League for, I think, eight years. And... Um, you know, they finally got rid of them because, I mean, Stoke's been poor this year. You know, they shouldn't be an eight team. You know, they've got the talent to be mid-table. But, you know, only having 20 points from 22 games, that's that's bad for Stoke. And, you know, hopefully this new manager can get them uh, started on the on – the, or not started, you know, more rebounding up to the Back table. The because, upswing. yeah, you know, a catalyst for this team. Because, you know, they're Premier League quality. And, you know, I think they should stay up. But you know, you know, as a QPR fan, we're gonna be in the championship last year. I don't want to see Stoke. I'd rather see you know. What, where's the where's QPR sitting in the championship? I think they're 18th. You know. Is that so that that's out of that's not in relegation? No, no, 21st is relegation. But you know, they came, 
they had a win against uh, Cardiff, and Cardiff was uh, fourth place coming into the game. Cardiff has been struggling, but uh, actually QPR seventeenth. They have thirty points for twenty six games. You know they haven't been too bad. You know I definitely think they belong in the championship. They shouldn't get relegated, but anything can happen. It's football. How many games do they play in the championship? Um, they play forty six games. Okay. So, um, they've got. 20 games left. Gotcha. So anything Exciting can stuff. Games, yeah. You know, they could, I mean, you know, highly, highly unlikely, but if they can win like 10 more games, you know. They'd be safe. Depending. Yeah, they'd be safe. I mean, they could be competing for sixth place and get, get a playoff. But, you know, I don't I don't think they're going to get in the playoffs right now. It's just, just fighting to stay up. Sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, any last minute things you want to add in? No, just happy to be here. here. My first episode of podcast yeah good to have you here yeah appreciate it no problem man yeah all right be back for more yeah absolutely all right this has been the strictly sports podcast i'm your host justin larkin and this is nelson stanley co-host we'll be up on soundcloud and twitter thanks for listening